What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. All right, you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to get the ball rolling. Another great college football week has came and now has left us once again. Uh, this week was the first week of the college football season where we didn't have a top 25 matchup. However, that did not uh, mean that we did not get a lot of close games, uh, a lot of controversial calls, and uh, a lot of really interesting games around uh, the FBS and FCS. So we're going to jump right into it right now. We'll be going over the games of the week, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, d- discuss a couple of the games that we saw, and. Uh, you know what? Set you guys up for week four. Okay, to start off, we had the Kentucky-Florida game. Now, uh, the Kentucky-Florida game, I was paying pretty close attention to this because I said uh, this was the games of the week, right? I said, hey, I want to know, can Florida beat Kentucky? Kentucky's quarterback was out. Kentucky's been known to go out and, and beat Florida. They won't beat in the last four years or something like that. And you know what? Florida showed up, but it was with a cost. Uh, their quarterback, Felipe Franks, is now out with a season-ending ankle injury. So we're going to be keeping a close eye on Florida. Currently, they're the ninth-place team in the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, I'm sure that that will end up changing a eventually because uh, that's that's really difficult to come back from. And I really want to see how this team responds. Uh, Dan Mullen is the quarterback whisperer. I think he's one of the best quarterback coaches that we've ever seen uh, on both pro and college levels. And so, I mean, I have confidence in him. I know that he'll be able to get back to it and, and, and work on it, but we're going to see overall what ends up happening. Uh, moving on to the Big Ten game of the week, it was Michigan State against Arizona State. And uh, again, this didn't come without any controversy. Uh, there was a call in towards the middle of the game, end of the game, where the Michigan State guy ran out uh the kicker he kicked the ball but michigan state had 12 people on the field uh so it didn't so he made the kick they pushed him back five yards they missed the kick well on the five yard kickback uh one of the arizona state players jumped over uh the the line of scrimmage and they said that it should have been a 15 yard penalty and an automatic first down uh now that would have changed things a lot uh for at the least we would have been able to go into overtime and um it might have been a little bit different out there in east lansing kind of a anticlimactic game didn't really like it i thought it was uh to put it in 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 the best words it was boring i I mean it was a lot of defense the offense neither offense looked good at at any point really in the game so uh something to keep your eyes on uh, as arizona state begins to take on uh the little bit you know the pac-12 opponents and a little bit higher of a competition even though michigan state i mean that was high competition but we'll see where arizona state goes uh without getting bailed out um the Syracuse Clemson game uh, was again another kind of anticlimactic game. Uh, I was hoping to see the Orange come out and get up on Clemson. Uh, I was hoping for it to be like 21-10 at halftime for the Orange, and then Clemson to come back, and we were going to see this back and forth battle that we've seen 
the last couple of years, uh, we did not get that uh, at all, which was sad. And uh, Clemson goes down 41 to 6. Now, uh, a couple of things about Clemson right now. I think the jury's kind of out um, on Trevor Lawrence. The, the, the secrets are out on how to stop him and stuff like that. We got to be watching this because, yes. Uh, Clemson is winning these games, but it's really not because of him. It's because of their running backs, their their skill receivers, and their defense. Uh, it will be interesting. I mean, this everybody keeps on saying, you know, he's the best uh, prospect since Andrew Luck to go into uh, an NFL system and stuff like that. So I kind of keep a close eye on this. I know it's his his sophomore year. We we definitely want to see uh, where he will be able to take them. Going fifteen and zero, I don't know if that's the. I mean, like, yeah, you won and, and everything, but we want to see, you know, can he win the Heisman? Can he put up the numbers? I mean, Jalen Hurts is actually having a himself a a year so far, and so you know you're comparing. You know, does it work in the NFL and stuff like that? So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, we have the TCU-Purdue game. Uh, TCU ended up winning this game pretty handedly. I was very impressed with TCU as a whole. Um, it was a score of 34-13. to 13. Uh, To be able to go into uh, Purdue Stadium to get the win, uh, I, I thought Purdue, Purdue's defense, I believe, returned nine uh, starters or ten starters. So they had a lot back on defense. Uh, a lot. I don't understand it. TCU might be one of the most overlooked teams year in and year out. We're like, oh, yeah, TCU's good. Like, we forget about it. Gary Patterson is a great uh, coach where he keeps it very – Consistent, I guess, is the word I'm 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 looking for. He he always is winning. He will do anything to win, and it, and it's really impressive overall to see uh, that translate year in and year out. Uh, the Arizona Texas Tech game. Uh, I watched this game. There were a lot of turnovers. Uh, I thought Texas Tech was a little bit better. Uh, their scores. I mean, they they haven't really played anybody yet in the season. They you know they beat Montana State, and, and so you look at it, you're like, okay, well, you know. Maybe Arizona can come back a little bit. Uh, again, I, I've said this, and I'm the only one that is saying this right now, but if you watch Khalil Tate, uh, him play football, it does not look like he trusts his – it does not look like he trusts his quarterback or his skill uh, players because he just – I mean, he'll pull it and tuck it. And, he, I mean, like he had a great 84-yard run. And congratulations to him. Uh, the linebacker totally bit on on the play fake. I mean, like – I mean, it was bad. It, and it was a blown – I mean, it was a perfect call, blown coverage for him to get through. He does not trust his skill players. you got to watch it uh, for Arizona. It's sad because I think he's a really good quarterback, but if he's not going to be trusting his wide receivers, his running back, or his line, I mean, a lot of times he'll take it off. Uh, he'll pull it down and he'll take off without even thinking, and that's not going to translate into Pac-12 play. Uh, Utah will not let that happen. Arizona State won't let that happen. USC won't let that happen. Colorado won't let that happen. And so you're looking at it. That's four games potentially. Uh, that you play that you're not going to win. And uh, the jury's still out. We'll continue to watch as that unfolds. Uh, the Houston-Washington State game, it was a neutral side game. I watched this in Provo, Utah. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know this, I was uh, had a cross-country meet this weekend. I was in Provo. 
Houston Washington State game. Uh, there were uh, Houston made a lot of mental errors. Uh, Washington State didn't look as powerful. I think that uh, Houston really prepared well for Washington State. Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on this because I've said over and over again, Washington State is legit. Uh, them and Utah are the only. Well, them. I mean, like relatively. If we're we're talking, I mean, Arizona State, yes, is undefeated and. Uh, Cal is undefeated, but that's not going to stay that for that long. Really, the two kind of frontrunners right now, Washington State and Utah, are the only ones that are still undefeated. So as we enter Pac-12 play, we got to start watching this because the Pac-12 is a really deep and tough conference. Uh, it was a score of 24 to 31. It was played at a neutral site in Texas. So really kind of a fun game to watch. Uh, the Air Force-Colorado game. Um, at first, I I legit thought that Colorado won. Uh, I went back and I looked at the score. I was like, oh my goodness, Air Force actually won. Uh, I had written the score opposite and it was a battle for Colorado uh you look you look at it and you're like okay it's really hard uh to prepare for Air Force Army Navy Georgia Southern and I mean the Citadel uh some of these other teams because honestly you don't ever see them run the triple option you prepare for it one time a year uh you know most of the time in the pac-12 they're running a spread or a spread like offense so i do not fault colorado at this uh congratulations to air force it looks like they're bouncing back uh after a couple of of, of slower seasons so i'm uh we're going to be locked into to air force i believe they take on boise state this next week uh kind of a Mountain West battle uh, right then. So definitely excited to be able to watch them and to see uh, how that unfolds as well. Uh, moving on to the Conference USA, uh, you look at it, uh, Middle Tennessee State, I had them playing against Duke. Uh, Duke looked really good. Middle Tennessee State looked a little uh, gassed at times. Uh, after watching Middle Tennessee State against Michigan, I said, you know what, this this team could potentially beat uh, a lot of teams in the Conference USA. Currently, right now, on that side of the conference, I have Marshall winning that. Uh, they've looked the best. But Middle Tennessee State isn't far behind. Uh, definitely to watch out FAU, uh, Middle Tennessee State, now, the first of the season, I said FIU. It looks like uh, they're struggling a little bit more than what I thought. But Marshall looks like the clear and uh, front runner. But Middle Tennessee State will have a meeting with them to prove it. Uh, Buffalo Liberty, I was actually really surprised at the outcome of this game. Liberty got the win. And, uh, you know, congratulations to, to Coach Freeze putting, I mean, he wants to put that whole uh, Ole Miss debacle behind him. It was a score of 35 to 17. I still think that uh, Buffalo is talented on that side of the Mac. Uh, they're going to have to play against uh, Ohio to be able to win and go to the Mac championship game. So definitely keeping a, I mean, we're, we're watching all these things, but definitely watching out uh, the questions. Uh, it's really hard, you know, to have a winning season, go back to back. I want to see if Buffalo can do so. Uh, and then finally, the Georgia State-Western Michigan game was the Sunbelt game of the week. Now, I liked Georgia State. I liked that they were able to take on – they were able to go. They were able to take on, you know, Tennessee, beat them in Knoxville. Uh, they ended up beating the Paladins, which is a really good FCS team, the Furman Paladins. Uh and then they kind of got worked this week. Uh, Western Michigan uh, and Tim Lester really flexed their muscles and said, no, we're not, you know, you're good, uh, but you haven't arrived here yet. Uh, it was definitely kind of a beatdown, kind of a sad game to watch. Uh, I had the alerts being sent to my phone because I could not stream the game. So um, 
Georgia State going forward, though, I think they match up a lot in their conference. Uh, they are on the harder side of the conference. They'll have meetings with Troy, Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, uh, Coastal Carolina. So, I mean, it's going to be a team that we'll be watching for. They're still 2-1. Uh, they still have a potential to to get to a bowl game and to, to run the tables, you know, four more games continue to play their hearts out uh, down there in the Sunbelt Conference. So we'll for sure be watching that. All right. So that, uh, well, I guess we have the Iowa Iowa State game. We are going to be discussing that now, uh, talking about the three games that were the most important. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa were the games of the week this last week. And I don't mean to, you know, toot our own horn, but we have been able to predict two really good games Uh Actually, three really good games. I mean, the Auburn-Oregon game, I mean, that was kind of a given that we knew that was going to be a good game. Uh, last week, we had Colorado uh, against Nebraska, 34-31 overtime, uh, Iowa State, 18-17. Now, it was really frustrating, and it is really hard. I'm going to give uh, Kirk Ferentz and Matt Campbell the utmost respect right now to be able to have two weather delays, uh, basically not play for two hours being set back that far and to have your kids go out and perform the way they did. It was very impressive. Uh, Brock Purdy, I thought played extremely well. I was, I was impressed with him and what he has shown. I'm telling you, and I'm telling the nation, watch Brock Purdy. I think he's going to do very special things. He still makes mistakes. You look at it when they were driving. They uh, uh, they got a holding in a pass interference car call, which negated it was a fourth down play. You know, you don't get the holding call. You get the you know 15 yards automatic first down. Uh, but and then the, he throws kind of a a pass that was over his receiver's head, really not in the area, kind of just a bad throw. Iowa knocked it down. And then they had the chance, you know, to win. But Brock Purdy looks like a professional. Uh, he was very calm in the situation. Uh, the, you know, Iowa, I don't know if you guys seen the, uh, the the highlights. Iowa punts it after Iowa State uh, stops them. They had a minute 37 left. And Iowa State's dude just runs right into the, the the kickoff return or the punt returner, it goes off his back and Iowa recovers. And that's the end of the game. Really, a really sad moment in that game. I wanted to see Iowa state to see if they could drive the ball. Regardless of the outcome, I was cheering for Iowa state. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm not biased in any way, but I was cheering for Iowa state. I wanted to see them uh, get the Cyhawk trophy, bring it back to Ames. But for it to end like that, I was like, I mean, if you're an Iowa fan, you're fine. If you're an Iowa State fan, you're you're ticked off. But as a nation, I wanted to see the comeback. I wanted to see if Brock Purdy could orchestrate a comeback against a really good defense. Uh, overall, very uh, good and impressive uh, game. The next game up that I, that we wanted to discuss a little bit uh, was the 30-27 win against BYU and USC. Now, uh, USC was favored by three points going into the game. And uh, I ran at BYU. Uh, we were just about a couple miles south of campus, uh, race against them, Weber State and Westminster. And then, of course, I go to Dixie State. Anyway, uh, my friends came from BYU, a lot of my high school friends, and they told me to tell them to call them out by name. So Zach, Nick and Thomas uh, and Thomas's and Zach's little brother, Spencer, they came to my race and they came to me and they were saying, oh, man, yeah, you, you know, you 
the podcast is rocking. We, we love listening to it. Uh, you were right about BYU against Utah. And I was like, oh, no, I know. I knew I was right. But uh, I they asked me, they said, what's your prediction for the game? And I said, I want to eat three points, and I want to say BYU by three. And I honestly felt that. Number one, a couple of reasons. Uh, this freshman, Slovis, I believe is his last name, he is not been proven at all. Okay, uh, It was kind of like the Tua Tagovailoa situation. Tua came out in the national championship game uh, at halftime. He had everything going for him, and he starts carving up Georgia because they, play, they played a different style of offense almost under Jalen Hurts than what they did under Tua. You know, despite the defense, a lot of people can't adjust. That is a really good pro quality and pro attribute, but it doesn't necessarily translate into college. So, you know, Tua comes back, leads him back to win the national championship. Everyone's freaking out. So we're going to fast forward to last week. Uh, this kid, you know, JT Daniels gets hurt in the first game. Uh against Fresno, and then they put in uh, the quarterback Slovis. He's a three-star recruit. Not a lot of people have a lot of film on him. They don't really know. And then Stanford, which really is kind of in a down year, kind of in a transition, trying to get a couple of these guys out of there, a transition year, uh, you see them, you see the Slovis guy absolutely carve up this, this defense. And, I mean, it was 45-27. I mean, he threw for, I believe it was the most amount of yards a freshman I've ever thrown in the first game at, at USC. He's a true freshman, 18 years old. And I remember looking, I was just trying to pull up the stats, but uh, it's not loading right now. Um, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm really, like, everybody's jumping on this kid that he's the next best thing. Just wait for the defensive coordinators to come back. Now, BYU does have a good defense, and they came in. Uh, there were a couple of calls that were a little questionable on both sides. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm very not – I don't have a huge opinion because I really don't like USC because they have to play against Utah. And I don't like BYU because, you know, rivalry with Utah. So I watched the game, and the entire time I'm like, BYU still going to win. BYU is still going to win. BYU still going to win. And sure enough, BYU in overtime wins. They kick the field goal. Uh, they end up – you know, slow of a sense of throwing an interception and, you know, Fandemonium breaks out in, you know, Cougarland in, in the Y in Provo. And again, I was really impressed with uh, Zach Wilson's play. Um, the defense for BYU played well. USC's uh, offense at times was stagnant. Uh, other times it looked amazing. I hope that means that the University of Utah is going to be able to stop that. I really think they can uh, coming up this, ne this next week. Just a little brief look into uh, week four of college football. But we we'll see. You know, after a sad loss, we'll see if this kid, this slowest kid, can, can rebound. And we'll see what BYU can do going forward. They have back-to-back -back, uh, Power 5 wins. Congratulations to them. Uh, I hope everyone's down there partying. And then finally, we had just a little bit of a side note. Uh, and transitioning into our next topic is uh, Kansas ends up beating Boston College by a score of 48-24. to at Boston College, it was really kind of sad. Uh, the ACC, in years past, I mean, I remember a couple years ago, they were everything anybody talked about. And you, I mean, you had Syracuse, you, that was good. You had Clemson, you had Florida State, you had Louisville. I mean, they were everything. Now, we're just going to go through a couple of these scores. Um going forward. Now, we're going to take out Wake Forest in North Carolina and Clemson and Syracuse because they played 
I mean, it was a non-conference game for North Carolina and Wake Forest, but they still were in the ACC. So we'll count it as a conference game, but non-conference, right? So we're taking out them. Um, I guess Florida State, well, well, we'll go into it. You know, we know that Clemson won. Uh, Florida State loses to Virginia. Uh, Syracuse loses to Clemson. We'll take them out with the people that play. Uh, NC State uh, loses at West Virginia against a really struggling Mountaineers team. Boston College loses at home to a Kansas team who almost lost to Indiana State and who lost to Coastal Carolina a week ago. Uh, Wake Forest beats North Carolina. Uh, Louisville beats Western Kentucky. Miami beats Bethune-Cookman. Virginia Tech struggled against Furman and the Paladins. Almost lost, like legit. Furman had opportunities to win that game. Virginia Tech barely wins. Uh, Virginia wins. Uh, Pittsburgh loses to Penn State, which isn't too big of a deal. Uh, North Carolina loses to Wake. Uh, Duke beats Middle Tennessee State. And Georgia Tech uh, gets embarrassed by the Citadel, uh, 27-24. So you look at it that away uh had all my my scores and stuff is really sad to see what the acc has become i remember a couple years back people were saying the acc is just as good as the sec we need to watch out for these teams and all of these different you know uh, integral parts of the acc and honestly it doesn't look that way uh the ACC, I honestly think the ACC is down, and I think the SEC is down. Uh, the SEC does not look as impressive as what it has in your past. Uh, the middle of the pack teams, the lower teams. I mean, every conference has a couple lower teams. But you look at it, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and even the Big 10 to some degree. But mainly the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have looked extremely impressive. Um, and it's sad because, you know, Clemson, they play eight games, nine games, even 10 games, they have maybe two games a year where they're really, really stretched before they go into the college football playoff. Alabama, exact same way. They'll struggle against LSU. They might even lose to LSU. They might lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. But they have one or two games a year they need to prepare for. The rest is pretty easy, pretty easy sailing. Then you go to the Pac-12 where Washington is good, Oregon is good, Washington State is good, Cal has proven to be good, University of Utah on the other side, Arizona State is still undefeated despite, you know, I don't think they'll they'll finish that way, but you begin to, to look at it. Okay, we'll take the Big 12, for example. Texas is good. Oklahoma's looking amazing. Oklahoma State still undefeated. Kansas State upset Mississippi State, which is top, almost top tier of the SEC. Yes, Texas Tech lost, and but West, I mean West Virginia won, and they're towards the bottom right now in the Big Twelve. So you begin to look. Honestly, I don't don't buy these teams in the ACC and the SEC. They're big conferences. They have a lot of money. Uh, they're always on TV. But begin to look. At our, you know, maybe your bottom of the Power Five, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and really see how good these teams are against those teams. I honestly think the ACC is down. I think the SEC is down this year. That was the biggest disappointment that we will be following throughout the year. Uh, again, Boston College losing to home against Kansas. That is an embarrassment. And Georgia Tech losing to the Citadel. NC State losing to West Virginia, who really doesn't have an identity right now. Again, kind of a tough week for both of those conferences. 
we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, you know, Clemson is going to go to the college football playoff. Uh, Alabama or Georgia will be there. It's not like a team's not going to get in. It's just a really, really top heavy, but their mid tier to bottom tier in the conference isn't as impressive as what it has been in years past. And that is our little FCS uh, week three recap. We're going to be uh, going now into the FCS. Uh, Right now, we're going to be having a little bit of an ad break. Afterwards, we'll be going into the FCS, uh, discussing what we like, what we didn't like in the FCS this this, this week. There were a lot of fun games. Uh, Definitely have to adjust our top 20 or our top 15 on Get the Ball Rolling. We'll talk a little bit about that. So uh, after the ad break, FCS. All right, now we are back after the ad break, talking a little bit about the FCS. Now, I really, uh, I know this kind of goes fast. I had a couple people comment saying we need to go a little bit more in depth on the recap. Uh, we move fast through the the FCS. There's not as uh, obviously not as many teams, not as many games, uh, but we are still going to give them the coverage they want. Make sure to listen to the FCS podcast where we spend about an hour talking about the FCS and the games of the week there, uh, and what to look forward to in the next week. All right, to start off. Uh, the game of the week out of the CAA was North Dakota State against Delaware. Uh, little, I mean, North Dakota State looks very impressive. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, I mean, like, I've always known that North Dakota State is, is good. This was a big-time meeting. Uh, again, I'm still very critical of North Dakota State. I still think that they need to be playing FBS teams if they really uh, – want to prove anything but Delaware uh they're the comeback kings now it started off at 10 to 5 uh in the first quarter and then it went to 27 to 5 uh, at the half and the entire time I'm like all right here comes Delaware Delaware is going to come Delaware is going to here they go I mean watch out they only scored three points in the the third quarter and 14 points in the fourth quarter uh matching North Dakota State's 14 and uh, but they were outscored uh, every single quarter. It was kind of sad. I, w- I was hoping for the Blue Hens or the Fighting Hen, Blue Hens, whatever, uh, to get the to at least make it a little bit closer. I want to see people challenge North Dakota State uh, before we get into uh, Missouri Valley play. But you know what? Delaware still looks really good. Uh, they look one of the best out of the CAA. Uh, I mean, I put them top five in the CAA right now. Uh, definitely better than what I had them in the preseason. So we'll continue to watch the team. We'll continue to, to see where, where they'll go, but they're looking like they're on route to want to play again in the college football playoff. Moving on to the Patriot league. Now this was probably one of the biggest disappointments of the week. I, well, there were a couple, but I was really sad to see this game uh, turn out the way that it did. Uh, we had William and Mary, <clears throat> excuse me, William Mary against Colgate. And uh, I had Colgate on, and I really talked him up. I knew they were good, and I still stand by that. Uh, their quarterback got hurt on the first drive or first play of the game. Uh, we're going to watch that to see if Grant Brenneman can come back. Uh, obviously, he's their all-star. He's, you know, all CAA, in my opinion. But they end up losing to William and Mary 38-10. to uh, Currently, they're 0-3. And like I said, I think they just need to come back. I think that uh, 
They just need to take a little bit of time. Uh, they need to get into Patriot League play. I know the competition isn't as stiff as what they've played. They've played a lot of good teams. I mean, Villanova, uh, top in the SCA, William & Mary, kind of an up-and-coming team uh, with Mike London down there uh, coaching them. They played Air Force. So it's not like the, the, the sample size is small, but the sample size that we have is our against really, really good teams. So we need to continue to monitor this. I still think that they're going to be going to the playoff. I still think they're, they're a super good team. They just had a couple lumps. We'll see what happens with our quarterback, and then we'll adjust uh, as follows. All right, coming out of the Ohio Valley, uh, again, this was another disappointing game. Uh, I was hoping for a different outcome, uh, in my opinion, just because I've been really high on this team, and I've said, you know, you need to watch this team, watch this team. It's, they're good, they're good. Uh, and it's the Indiana State against Eastern Kentucky. I had Eastern Kentucky actually winning well, I believe them against Jacksonville State, but I said watch out. Eastern Kentucky could potentially upset Jacksonville State in the conference of parity that is the Ohio Valley. Now, the Sycamores got out to an early 10-0 lead uh, at halftime. Uh, Eastern Kentucky came back and scored seven points in the third quarter, and that was it. Uh, afterwards, the Sycamores put up nine. Um, again, I haven't really been sold on Indiana State. I've said that from the beginning. I don't know why everybody is super high on them. I think that the CA or the Missouri Valley is super, super deep. And I don't see them being one of the top teams in the Missouri Valley. I think they're right in the middle. They're about four or five. Uh, so I wanted to see how they do against the, the top of the Ohio Valley. I thought Eastern Kentucky came out a little bit slower than what I would have wanted uh, being shut out in the, in the first half, but uh, a team to monitor. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, you know, they're going now we're all going into conference play now pretty much on, on both levels. So we're really going to start to see these teams, teams that have played them a lot, uh, see where their progression is. A lot of film watching and stuff. Uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Uh, out of the Missouri Valley, we had Youngstown State uh, play against Duchesne or Duquesne. I don't know how you guys say it, but it was an absolute beatdown. Uh, on the part of Youngstown, it was a score of 34 to 14. Again, Bo Pelini is there. He has the kids in place. I believe this is his third year there. Maybe his second year. I, I believe it could be his third. But watching the transition from him go to Nebraska and then at Youngstown, he looks great. The team is popping on all cylinders. Uh, they have one of the biggest stock market indicators out of the FCS. So uh, definitely a team to watch. They are now entering Missouri Valley play. They got to take on North Dakota State. They got to play South Dakota State. They got to play South Dakota. They got to play UNI. They got to play Indiana State. They have a lot of tough sledding in front of them. But this team is really impressive in it, to be able to knock off a team um, like Duchesne, who will absolutely destroy in the NEC and will probably could potentially get a first round by or will definitely be playing in the, in the FCS playoffs to beat them by 20 points. Very impressive outing. Uh, they're still perfect on the year, uh, 3-0. and So continue to watch this team, continue to monitor this team as the season goes forward. Now it was uh, one almost the game of the week, uh, and it was impressive. I again, I am sold onto this team. I think they they came out thinking they were going to just roll through everybody this year, and that's Jacksonville State. Uh, they got punched in the mouth by Southeast Louisiana, and uh, they played okay against Chattanooga. Not really a convincing game, but they ended up beating Eastern Washington and. 
it was a very impressive outing. Now, Eastern Washington was in Jacksonville. They they did make the trip, so you got to kind of give a little bit of a, a home field advantage to Jacksonville State. But they absolutely won. Uh, you know, that is a top 10 that we team that we've been talking about with uh, with Eastern Washington. We'll see where this might put Jacksonville State. It might bump them into our top 15 again, but they do they still have that loss. And again, I want to see how they play against a team like UT Martin, a team like Murray State, a team like Eastern Kentucky where these teams they're they're good. There's blood in the water, I'm telling you. The Ohio Valley is full of parity. And I don't know if they're the outright winners yet. We'll see once when we get into conference play, but I really like what Jacksonville State did and you know overall showing the grit and determination to get the job done and beating Eastern Washington. Now Eastern Washington it was a loss. Uh, you've lost against Washington and Jacksonville State, two really good teams. Now you're going to be entering Big Sky play. You have a lot of tough uh, sledding ahead of you. We'll see how that team turns out. Still think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't know if they'll be able to uh, win the outright title of the Big Sky. And then finally, we had the Big South uh, game of the week, and it was a really fun game. I was getting alerts all the time. I was not able to watch this game, but it was a really fun game, and it was Albany against Monmouth. Uh, Monmouth was at home. Uh, Albany is kind of uh, one of the bottom teams of the CAA. So I've said over and over again, I'm like, you know what, Albany, they can come back. I think they have... uh, a really impressive coaching staff. I like what I see out of Albany. I like the the grit and the determination they showed. Uh, you know what? It was an, an overtime game. Monmouth came out with a win. Congratulations to them. Uh, now we're getting into Big South play. We have to watch uh, what Kenneth Shaw is doing. We've got to see what Campbell's doing. Uh, Monmouth definitely is towards the top of that. Uh, North Alabama really overall impressive games. Uh, there are other a couple impressive import performances. Um, Southern Illinois beating UT Martin. I was bummed. I wanted UT Martin to win. I'm going to be honest with that one. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, and, you know, the Salukis ended up getting the win there after, you know, they scored 28 unanswered points. And again, Missouri Valley is deep, 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 deep. Going to be a team that you want to be watching. But oh, the Ohio Valley is a team... Uh, teams that are just full of parity. I think they're very, very similar, you know, one through six, maybe not not so much at the bottom, but uh, is really starting to look and to, to shape up. And honestly, I, I look at it, in, in, out of the Ohio Valley, uh, Murray, like Murray State, I mean, they didn't score against Toledo, but they scored 70 point, 17 points on Georgia. And uh, Arkansas State didn't even score. They were, they were swept against... Georgia. And so you're starting to look, you're like, Murray State's looking good. UT Martin still had that really good first game. We'll see how they, they respond uh, after coming home. They'll be, you know, playing Murray State in two weeks. Really kind of a lot of dynamics uh, shifting in the FCS. Uh, Central Arkansas had a great game against Abilene Christian, uh, ended up winning 31 to 30. But Abilene Christian looked like, I mean, they looked like a really good football team for about four quarter, well, three quarters and like nine minutes, 10 minutes. And then Central Arkansas ends up, you know, getting the touchdown, ends up winning, whatever. Great. A lot of great games out of the FCS. Again, we're trying to kind of start forming our playoff pitcher, uh, trying to see who ends up getting the wins, who ends up losing, where we're going to put putting them at the end of November, 1st of December, and watching this these teams as they progress through this playoff process. Again, I still think North Dakota State's the, the front runner. James Madison still looks good, but uh, 
you know, everybody's chasing the king. We'll see if if somebody was going to be able to knock him off. All right. So, oh, and oh, I am sorry. I, I almost forgot our game of the week. And the game of the week was honestly, it was a really, really good game. It had everything that I thought I was going to have. It was Towson against Maine. Now, a little bit, uh, Towson had to go on the road. So I was like, you know what? It's going to be, I think that's going to be tough. Uh, Maine was just came off the road against uh, Georgia Southern. And the reason, I, you know what, I like Maine. I like both of these teams. We've had both of them on the on the podcast. Uh, Chris Ferguson threw 49 times, completed 28. This is for Maine. Uh, completed 28 uh, completions, had 401 yards passing, but he did have four interceptions. So that Towson defense, that's everything that, 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 that you got to know about. Towson is good. Good. I, I've said that I, they were my pick towards the uh, the first of the season to win the CAA. They looked really, really good uh, against Maine. Maine still looked really impressive. It was close through about three quarters. Towson pulled away in the end. I still think that Maine will come back. They'll bounce back from this, and we'll still be talking about Maine as it progresses. But congratulations to the Tigers at Towson. Uh, Joe, uh, not Joe Flacco. Uh, Tom Flacco looks like he is top of his game. He should win the Walter Payton Award. I am excited to see what happens uh, with Towson as it progresses. Uh, definitely a team to be watching for. A team that I honestly think, I think both of these teams could go up and rival the power of North Dakota State. They're both really, really good. So definitely be watching for it. So that is our FCS Week 3 recap. Uh, again, uh, stay tuned for Wednesday and Friday when we do the other recaps and our Saturday special when we choose one team to talk about that has impressed us out of the FBS. We might be dipping into FCS territory. There's been a couple teams that have been very impressive overall. Uh, looking at the standings going forward, we'll definitely release our top 15 rankings uh, out of the FCS. Uh, looks like North Dakota State still on top, so we just have 14 more teams. You guys need to guess what we got. So thank you guys for listening. Always remember to leave us comments. Uh, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll continue to work our butts off providing the most in-depth coverage that we can. So until next time, I hope you guys have a great week and keep the ball rolling.